Get a better business now. Listen in as the two business guys mastermind on what your business is going to look like after the pandemic. Getting back to normal or getting back to better. This business podcast, The Two Business Guys Mastermind, uncovers for you secrets and share tips and tricks to entrepreneurship as they mastermind on how to have startup, operational, and overall business success so that you can go on to get better results. Enjoy. Hey, everybody, we are back. The two business guys are masterminding in an area I think you're going to love. We're talking about, you know, is your business still in war footing, right? You know, the pandemic has just smacked around so many businesses. Are you still scared out there? Are you still hovering over those resources or have you opened up totally? And John was just talking about what he's seeing out there in the business space. I want to bring in some examples, too, of that of companies that are so frightened they're not coming and opening back up. Is that going to affect the customers out there, John? Go ahead and finish that story that you were telling me, John. So, yeah, just to recap a little bit, I think that uh, business has changed drastically over the past year and a half. I think that it has changed more than it has over the past 10 years. And I think that... Um, Randy, you had brought up the question of war footing. Well, how, how do, what does this mean and, and how, you know, companies um, structured themselves uh-huh. over, over COVID? And, and, and first, I, I, I started out by saying that, you know, I, I went and got my hair cut on, uh, on Monday and I'd, it'd taken me a few days to get in to, uh, to get my hair cut. Uh-huh. And that was because of, hours of change to the business. Um, the days of the week had changed to the business. Um, and staffing had changed. People had left the industry because of, you know, being shut down for a certain amount of time during COVID. Uh-huh. And then on top of that, uh, listening to the individual. Um, and like I said, I, I didn't do the research on this part of it, but stating that uh, less and less people are are going through that specific trade. Um, Coupled with that, and I don't know if you've been paying attention, uh, someone had mentioned it to me in passing on Thursday, and then I saw an article about it yesterday that uh, employers are seriously vetting four-day work weeks. So, you know, I think that the, the transitioning on how we work changed as well but then you're looking at locations like retail locations um, that had been prosperous um, for for the longest time and what happened was uh, they noticed these retail locations big box stores noticed that more and more people were getting comfortable with uh, online purchasing the convenience sure. um, not just the convenience, but uh, also the less strain on the retail organization, because as we talked about, warehouse space is a lot cheaper than uh, retail space, no employee, you know, not as much employee expense, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I think what, what you're seeing is those silos are being broken down in companies like that. Whereas e-commerce was this ancillary product that, mm-hmm. yes, we had, but it wasn't as robust as we, we want to grow it now because we see that we've, we've pretty much fast forwarded 15, 10, 15 years yeah. in the future. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I think, I think business the pandemic has changed business forever and I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. I think the individuals in the businesses that are going to hurt are the, the businesses that uh, continue to um, hold on to the fact that they need retail space. Um, And I'm, I'm not saying that don't have retail space, but I'm saying, 
hey, if, you know, the way that purchasing is going, you might want to look at the e-commerce a little harder. Um, we know that, that Amazon is the number one retail in the world. Jeff Bezos became the first trillionaire over the pandemic in history. Um, this, this, it's catching on um, and people are seeing the convenience of it and not only seeing the convenience, it's, it's like this, Randy, people don't wanna go into the office anymore. Why? Right. It's because over the past year and a half, they've experienced these, these types of schedules where this work-life balance has has been altered and you know they're not spending the time uh driving into the office and it, every day of the week and whatnot and they're like hey i'm getting more work done at home yeah um, yeah and Work, working so, more working longer the companies are getting better quality work there is there is a other side of this i was reading a psychological uh survey that says yeah and now there's burnout and now there's Absolutely. because people haven't turned off. But go ahead, finish. I, I kind of like there's something interesting in what you said. And I got a, a, a something I noticed just yesterday when I went to a restaurant. I'm looking around for servers and what they yeah. told me next. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, even this, I mean, my wife and I, a few weeks ago, we went to a restaurant for the first time in a long time. And the menus were uh, the... Um, the QR codes. Uh -huh. So you, you pull up your photo app and scan the QR code and the menu uh -huh. comes right up on your mobile phone. Uh -huh. I, I think, it, you know, that, that was unheard of. I mean, there might've been some, some high tech or, or, or millennial type companies that did something like that prior. But I think more and more you're seeing this rapid change in the way that business is done. Yep. And I don't think that it's it's a bad thing i think um a lot of the changes are uh, are spectacular so i mean yes you are going to have individuals that um take advantage of situations like working from home and whatnot and i think you'll be able to root those individuals out you'll be able to see the work the quality of work that they're doing mm -hmm. i don't think that's something that you cannot monitor from afar i don't think you need to be hovering over somebody's desk or cubicle yeah. to and there's to companies that. that will do that. They yes, there are literally yeah. companies, John, that I had read about. Uh, uh, and you know, sorry for interjecting here, but um, that could detect times they were at the computers. In fact, when I used to send a lot of work out overseas, they could literally show you, you know, that they're working on your projects, or if you're being billed for, um, you know, twenty hours. <laughs> they can literally, uh, you know, show you times that the people are at the computer, it, it, a keyword, you know, keystroke, all kind. And there's firms that were starting to do that, right? In other words, they're the manager uh, instead of being in the office where you can see whether or not people are working or if they're at the, um, you know, if they're at the coffee station, <laughs> you know, or the water cooler, you can see if they're working. So whole businesses just to monitor, right? Now, here's something. When I go to my bank, right? I go to the ATM, if you will, or credit union I have, and they have totally gotten rid of the teller space. And somebody just shows up and says, okay, well, you know, do you need any help um, talking to our machine? And the people will have like a, a big old thing behind them, but they're at their, they're at their kitchen table working. Yep. Or they're in their living room and they just got, you don't see what's going on behind them. Uh, and they come on and, and do your financial uh, uh, transaction, right? So that's kind of cool. So after you get off a call, you can go to the bathroom, right? If you got a little break, you could take a nap. I loved, it's one of the reasons why I stopped doing nine to five over three years ago, because I wanted to control my time. And I wanted to be able to control my movements. If I get up at four, three in the morning, two or three in the morning, if I feel like it, get some work done and then have the rest of the day, that's up to me. I've done a 10 hour day at eight, at, uh, if I started at two, just because I couldn't sleep or something at 10, eight hour day mm -hmm. versus what the office was demanding 
because I had to come in and I had to, you know, wipe off my car. I had to go out there and shovel some snow because guess what? We live in Michigan. I mean, all these different things that have now gone away. Right. But I, I can't wait to tell you about this, this uh, uh, restaurant story. Um, so no, go ahead. I think, uh, absolutely. I think um, business has changed. It'll never be the same. If you're going to operate the same way that you did a year and a half ago, you're probably going to have some issues um, and you are quickly becoming obsolete. So please, if you're, and if you're trying to attract new talent, they're going to look at some of these things. Um, so if that, I mean, if, if, if you want to get the best of the best and you, you're going to have to put some trust. Now I understand there's some work that cannot be done in this manner, you know, like manufacturing and, and, and whatnot, or even, even in the hospitality space of, of, you know, catering and, and restaurant, but in, in spaces like call centers and, uh, and, um, you know, offices that, that are pretty much doing, uh, you know, so low work, not collaborative work, um, that, you know, they could, they can do it from their kitchen table and be more effective than they can otherwise. And the comfort of their own home, you know, the kitchen, even within that home space, right? I was reading about uh, a product that you can literally, I think we talked about this on one of our other podcasts, um, that you can put in your home that's, that's, um soundproof right it's a little box in essence instead of having like the backyard shed or the she shed in the backyard mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. literally can have this thing within your home it's it's a it's like a, a telephone booth size and you can go in there and do your thing have your meetings right i mean that that's and it wasn't that expensive i think it was like this particular model was was kind of tricked out right it was a little bit bigger i mean long uh, big enough for you to kind of lay down in if you needed to and it was just like i thought oh my gosh the, the possibilities of what can be created from that and imagine now you had a area but you got kids running around they're making noise but you can go into this little you know phone booth type office space right and you could in an office because i was telling my wife about it she's got an office space i says hey why don't you get a couple of these things and then you can rent them out because people don't want to have that cost center, you know, type feel, they can go right into the office and they go into that thing and it can mm -hmm. pay itself back. Right. But now you can also put those in your home, same concept, and then do all the business that you need to do quiet away from the noise of the, uh, the area and, and say, I'm, and still be at home. Right. It could be in, if you got a nice size bedroom, or reasonable size bedroom, it could be in one part of it, right? Where your spouse or your you know, girlfriend, boyfriend is sleeping over in the, in the actual bedroom. So many cool things. Here's what happened when I went to a restaurant the other day. So I, you know, uh, I was meeting a guy uh, there to do some business with, and we go in. I hadn't been to this restaurant around. They stayed closed for the most part, right? And ramped up their delivery service right to the point and here's what's interesting they ramped it up so well that they were making a nice chunk of change just from delivery mm -hmm. right now this is a restaurant that has ample space for chairs a whole deal right and i thought man are, are they going to survive i kind of like this restaurant they're reasonably new but man they ramped it up so well so when i went in um the other day they 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 it is, I'm looking around for servers to seat us. And she, oh, no, you seat yourself. So what do you, we seat ourselves? So, oh, yeah, yeah. And by the way, on the table, you'll have a big QR code. Scan that, order, and we'll bring your food out. Oh, and by the way, you get your water over there. So you talk about self-serve. I was a little, you know, like, wait a minute. I kind of want to be served here, you know, to because I'm used to that. Uh, and... It was a little different, but then once I went on, John, it was so easy. You know, the QR code showed me the stuff on the um, that they're offering. I picked some stuff out. I was able to, 
And then, of course, here's one thing that they asked for. And I thought this was the brilliant part of it. Okay. Didn't ask too much information, but where do we send your receipt? And you put your email address down, right? How many restaurants have not done that? They didn't, never collected an email. So now you have a chance to follow up with them, send out specials, all kinds of stuff. Now, I haven't gotten anything other than the receipt, but that to me was the potential innovation um, that now you can have a customer base that you can send out information to. So now you can drive traffic as opposed to sitting back, waiting for it to come to your door. That was a really cool thing that I saw. And I don't know if they're going to do that, but because of the space that I'm in, in the digital space, this is stuff that I do all the time. I get up in the morning, I send out an uh, email to my list. I have a product or service that I want to introduce them to uh, or a video I want to show them or something like that. Right. And then I, I go fishing or something because now I've sent out to my list and have the potential to get sales based on somebody clicking on that going, oh, that's interesting. Let me see what that is and buy. And I can be anywhere else, right? I thought that was so cool. We had our, our, our dinner, they brought it. The only thing I didn't like, John, is that they had a gratuity automatically set in. And I was like, uh, I didn't get no service. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not and, giving and a that, tip. And that's probably why they did it, Randy, if you, if you think about it, is that that mindset because do we give we inherently when we go to restaurants that we don't have that interaction that type of service historically we don't give tips uh you know if you go to mcdonald's burger king you know checkers etc you don't give tips um even because it's not that type of restaurant usually that's reserved for uh when you have a wait person coming to your table and and taking taking right. your order and whatnot exactly and, and so they're probably just put that 18 percent or exactly whatever what it was 18 percent. i thought yeah that's that's usually pretty standard um right on the ticket and you know some restaurants have been doing that for a long time uh because uh, wait staff wasn't um adequately compensated mm-hmm. for the work that they've been doing mm-hmm. um so it's, it's, it's one of those things that, yeah, I see why, why they're doing it. And because it's changing the mindset of the way that they're doing business and they don't want customers to get in the habit of saying, Hey, treating it like a, a fast food restaurant. Yeah. Now imagine on the other side of that, John. So as we, if you guys are out there listening, that could, this could be an opportunity if you're the opposite. Right. I love to be contrarian contrarian in certain areas. Sometimes, you know, my whole thinking pattern, if I see somebody going left, I'm looking over there going, yep, but everybody else is going left. I'm going to go right. Mm-hmm. You know, to a degree that's swimming against the tide. But at the same time, that's getting me over to blue ocean. Right. If you're into the red ocean, blue ocean, the blue ocean shift type of uh, thinking. So. Uh, I have another restaurant that I go to that I love that I've compared everybody I've gone to to them. They're cash only, right? We don't even have to say the name, but they're cash only. I get plenty of food. I can always take some home. And I've watched other restaurants that are probably still in war footing, giving me a small plate and a high price, right? And I go, hey, wait a minute. Don't take it out on me. Don't try to, you know, make it all back on me. I want a nice little, I actually told one restaurant um, that I went to, I says, is this it? Is there more food coming? I'm looking around. Is there more food coming? So no, this is it. And that price was, it was hefty. So I thought, you know, if a person, a restaurant out there is saying, hey, we have real wait staff, right? We wait on you hand and foot and get this. The place that I go to that, um, and they suffered, they had to shut down the whole thing, right? But man, they're always busy. And it seemed to me that they're busier now. Uh, so on one hand, you got this, the, the uh, place that says, hey, we're going to get rid of our wait staff for the most part. Uh, we're going to just work to our people that are on salary. Uh, we don't have all these bodies around, get your own water. You know what I'm saying? Didn't have lemons out there or nothing for me. Right. And it was a little, little plastic cup. And I was like, man, this is this is not service. Mm-hmm. Right. The mm-hmm. food was it was good, but 
right? The experience to me was affected. I get it. I understand it. I understand the business model. But at what point do you come off that war footing, that that fear? At what point do you get rid of that scarcity mindset and all that and be of continual service to your clients and your customers? So just think about that, everyone, if you're listening. Think about, do I stay here because it was such a hard time or do I go and say, hey, we are totally opposite of what you're seeing. Come because you're going to be served well. That yeah. would be something yeah. that I would really think about. All right. So, John, what else are we seeing? I'm seeing in the uh, the content delivery space. All right. This was the, now this is kind of fun, man, because I'm in the content creation space. I saw. I'm seeing so many companies jumping into the streaming space, right? And the delivery of movies and, and, and content for you. IMBD, right? Has IMBD TV. Redbox has Redbox TV. You told me about Thule, an app that, uh, you know, helps you, you know, stream different things. Man, are you talking about eroding so many different business models out there? It made me pick up uh, uh, Christensen's The Innovator's Dilemma, right? Written in 1997. Mm -hmm. But just talking about that same concept, we're seeing opportunities for content creators to now deliver their stuff on so many, so many different platforms now, right? If you're a content creator out there, you should be creating shows every week. And then letting them fight over your stuff, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because all of these places are out there trying to find a customer. The, the ABCs, the NBCs, the CBSs of the world, man, I feel very badly for them because now the cable operators are in their, just eating their lunch in their space. This is, this is, this is a wonderful time, everybody. Yeah, you mean, you mean the streaming uh, mm-hmm. services not not the cable space because i think traditional take cable has has been suffering for the last few years because of the streaming services They're and you know your lunch yeah guess what hey i don't need to hardwire anything in my house my tv in my bedroom is wi-fi so i'm connecting to netflix or amazon or you know whatever um, so the, you're saying with, that the hardware has the ability to now show all this stuff whereas before we had a cable that had to go into the bedroom and a cable company right. called me up and tried to sell me some kind of box i was like no i don't need it i got that tv right there mm-hmm. right well it's only such and such a month i said so let's see if i got this right i'd have to rent it from you and I, and I thought, man, that's kind of antiquated thinking. The girl that was trying to sell me this kind of chuckled, you know, because not a lot of our customers are aware of the fact that you go buy the TV and the TV allows you to even buy channel. In fact, I was on the Disney channel. I did a, um, I was trying to find a particular show. So I rented the Disney channel for a while. And man, I mean, the Disney channel has some cool stuff on there. Um but they, they kind of ticked me off a little bit because I saw that they were trying to sell me a movie that was just coming out, right? That didn't mm. get great reviews. But anyway, it was just coming out. And they tried to, they said, hey, for $29, you can you can watch this movie. And I thought, man, that's $29? That's, that's more than I'd pay at, at the movie movie, Right. Don't get me wrong. I got you know a nice size TV, but I don't have the movie, uh, you know, projector experience. I was a little ticked about that. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Before it had been like, hey, for nineteen dollars, okay, so ten dollars each to watch this movie. The th- you know the um, theater experience at home, blah blah blah. But man, twenty nine. I was like, no way. Uh-uh, I don't care how it's branded. I don't care who it's through. <laughs> right. I was not going to pay that money, man. Not that amount. That was going too far to me, John. Yeah, yeah. 
and now we can get the theater experience in our house. I mean, you can buy, you can go to Best Buy or, or Amazon online and order uh, one of those little projector things. Yeah, so uh, much stuff you can do. Yeah, I mean, in your backyard. I mean, families are having movie nights in their their backyard in the summertime. I mean, yeah. It's just phenomenal how how far technology has come, and I think that <clears throat> the pandemic has just increased that. Um, and and yeah, just uh, made that a part of our lives a lot earlier i think it was inevitable like you were talking about going into the bank um i had actually went into a credit union uh about a year before the pandemic Mm -hmm. and uh over by over in the east grand rapids area and they had that technology where you were basically there was no counter you were walking up to a screen a live person would greet you on the screen and chat with you so you had that interaction but that person Depending on you know the 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 traffic from branch to branch, you know was pretty mobile. I mean, they could be in East Grand Rapids, or they could be in you know Phoenix, Arizona, depending on where where the customer was. So, I think we're realizing with technology, we can. I mean, think about this. I I I used to drive hours and get on planes for hours waste days just just to have a meeting in front of somebody and now and and now we're pulling up the zoom and we're having a um a a conference you know a zoom conference looking face to face at the individuals you know clear across the country clear across the world um and uh it's it's breaking barriers down yeah uh, yeah that that you you know presented problems before I, if you're fully contrarian, like I can be sometimes, you could just make a killing right now, you know, just going opposite. All right. So I saw a commercial the other day for um, a restaurant train. It's like, welcome back. Welcome back. It was using that. Welcome back. And it showed welcome people, back, getting, you know, no, not welcome back, Carter, but it was, um, uh, I think it was cheers. Welcome back. It had the same kind of, mm-hmm. in a place you can be, Welcome back, right? And I was like, man, I know that nostalgically, I know that um, that 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 tune, but they had put different words to it to help welcome people back. Now I can't say I hadn't seen my best best friends from third grade in so long. You know, he was extra careful. He's like, look, you know, I, you know, my daughter's got asthma. I can't have. I could not. I cannot get COVID. You know what I mean? Because I don't want to bring it home and people start getting, you know, in in a bad way, right? Um. But man, we met the other day for the first time in over a year, you know, face to face where we could give each other some, some dap and, and hug and all that kind of stuff. And I, around the room, I was seeing a lot of people saying, oh my gosh, it's so good to see you, to be able to sit down with you, all right? I was a little taken aback by how many people still weren't wearing masks. I'm fully vaccinated, but still, I was like, I still don't want to get it. You know what I mean? Kind of a thing um, that the mask have flown off in the gym. I still wear my mask at the gym, right? I I mean, I'm I fully mask up. I got a got a particular kind, so it helps me, you know, with the airflow restriction to kind of help your, you know, lung capacity, blah blah blah. But man, nobody's wearing a mask. You know, maybe one other person. I was like, well, that's taking it a little bit too far. <laughs> we don't want the Delta variants to get us. But still, it's like, um, if you are going opposite to what you're seeing, you can make a killing just on, you know, for those people that, um, you know, want the big plates, if you're in the food space, the um, people that said they still want that retail experience, you put out a nice little commercial or do some ads that's saying, hey, here, we take care of you. We've got a full staff. Let's do it. All right. Here's something, John. Had you experienced this? Going to a, a very, I don't even want to say their name because I don't want to throw shade at them. A very popular dollar store. Oh, shoot, I just maybe let it all out. But, um, and they're closed. No staff. Hmm. No staff. Right. Really? Very popular. Right. Especially within, within the city. Closed, wow. no staff. 
right? Sign up, close no staff, right? And we know one of our, our, our favorite juice guys was saying, hey, I can't get people to show up. I can't get them to show up and I can't staff them up. So I had to shut, I had to shut down for, uh, for, the, for the day. Wow, right? And then I saw something that a company did that was, oh my gosh, so incredible. I was telling some other people about it and they were like, huh, that's interesting. They said, work today, pay tomorrow. Hmm. Now this is a retail joint. Work today, paid tomorrow. Get paid tomorrow. Now that's a way to keep the doors open. They were like, uh-uh, we can't have a staff shortage. Imagine how many people are in what I like to call situational employment. They just want to earn enough to get some new shoes, pay a bill, right? Work today, pay tomorrow. That kind of stuff was unheard of in the, but the you, typical retail space. But you think about this, Randy. This is, I mean, yes, in today's world, it is unheard of. But we've, we, you know, this this was a common thing 100 years ago, day labor. And in some places of the country, um, especially with, with immigrant populations, we, we do see this type of transaction taking place. Um, Oftentimes, though, uh, it's the individuals are taking advantage of cheap labor. And, right, you know, right. They pull up and they pick up some folks. Yep. So that so, you see the model, though, that they're using. Right. In a non-traditional right. type of space. I think yes. it will be successful. I Yes. And so, yes, given that, and this is, there, there are a couple of the ways to look at this and and the reason that I don't like this model is because what what it does is it takes employers out of the equation of saying, hey, I'm going to provide certain benefits, certain benefits yeah, being, you know, health insurance and life insurance and and uh, a 401k or 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 um, vacation time. So paid time off. You know, if I'm not, if I'm not, you know, if I'm getting paid for each day that I work and I don't, you know, I'm working for 50 different, no one's paying me on, you know, to take a vacation or, or, or a mental health day. So on the employee, on the employee side, I see, I know exactly is, is in bringing in, um, when I was in workforce development, we talked about the temporary service mentality, temporary temp service mentality. Mm-hmm. Right. It is out it's, again, situational employment, but you're balancing that. And so I see it from both sides. Right. Oh, my gosh. You're destroying the fabric of what you just mentioned, being and feeling like an employee. But this company is probably looking at it like, look, if we're closed, we as an organization are threatened, are threatened with shutdown because people um, will choose somebody else, right? So now you have the potential for the erosion of the brand and the brand loyalty, right? Because they go, well, they're shut down. Yeah, forget about it. Let's go over here, right? I don't want, if I'm dating someone, I don't want them to date someone else, right? Because <laughs> they might like them better or they may get used to them faster or whatever it is. Right, I want them here. So I, you can kind of understand what's happening because they're just trying to keep the doors open. And think about this too. Now, what I heard every time you said those those um, employee benefits, I go expense, 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 expense. That's the thing. What I'm talking about the war footing. Are you? How long do you continue to stay on war footing? Right in a in a peacetime era. Our, if it's all over, if the you know, COVID, uh, the, the enemy is over, how long do you stay on war footings? And what could that do to your company? Like you just said, this is a mm-hmm. national brand, national, thousands of stores. I'm pretty sure they got over a thousand stores. Now are saying, hey, we got to get rid of a sneaky way to get rid of expenses, 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 the things you mentioned. Hey, we don't have to pay vacation. Hmm, wait a minute. What's that? Right. And, and. You, you're not going to get employee loyalty because somebody's going to, again, come in and says, well, uh, pay me today. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. It just becomes a whole different ball game. I see the excitement and possibility of it, but also from your point, I can see, man, 
I don't know who this is. I, I, some brand new random person that don't know what they're doing. Right? And then who is going to suffer from that? In this restaurant space, they had managers that are on salary were the main employees there. That was it. Hmm. You know, they're working their tail off. The managers, mm-hmm. right, now are being asked to do all of these things, even though it's going to be QR codes and all that kind of stuff. Still, they got to be there. Interesting, isn't it? So, hey, that's, yeah, yeah. guys, you know, if you're just jumping in, we're talking about, you know, how long should these, uh, the company, your company, how long should you stay on this war footing approach, right? Um, and if we're in peacetime, and I say that metaphorically, to say that COVID is no longer smacking us around, you know, should you maintain this very trimmed approach to you doing your business, this um, bare bones approach, whether it's employee wise or whatever, should you maintain it? Or could you go totally against uh, a, a, be a, a contrarian and create value for your clients and customers in a whole different way? You know, that becomes perhaps an opportunity or do you continue on? And, you know, will that help save your company for years to come? John, are we getting so used to this minimalist type of service? Are we willing to accept this minimalist type of of service, right? Are we totally online thinking now? And if so, there's some big brands that are going to go away fast. Yeah, and I've been saying this for years as well, is that we've saw the trends on um, local boutique type branding. Um, When we were growing up, Randy, Nike, Adidas, I mean, brands were the just simply that they meant something. You know what I mean? It was Mm -hmm. a you know, just do it. Uh, I need those those Air Jordans, and I'm be able to jump from the foul line and, and when I shoot hoops or whatever. I mean, there was that mindset, but but in today's world, I think that there are so many brands, and there are brands that are more local or cause driven and whatnot. That that I think some of these these larger brands um, are going to struggle. I, and I'll give you an example. I uh, was driving down the expressway uh, Wednesday, uh, Thursday night, excuse me, Thursday night, and I saw Budweiser. Budweiser has a uh, a, a seltzer. Uh, you know, what is it? Lemon or something? Seltzer like mm-hmm. spritz. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, Budweiser. They would have never been in that space, but we've seen that that's the space that's been trending. Uh, we've seen that that big breweries have brought bought microbreweries, I, uh-huh. you know, and, and, and whatnot and keeping the brand because people, those things attract individuals. And I think what you're going to see is you're going to see uh, the Nikes of the world um, just like they've done before, but I think you're going to see it in a different way. Uh-huh. You know, Nike owns Reebok, uh, but I think you're going to see, all of a sudden, uh, Nike owns like they used to own Cole Haan. You know what I mean? Like they're mm-hmm. like these these boutique type brands that you're like, oh, Nike owns them. I didn't realize that they. But I think these um, these businesses, these corporations, understand the value in that because they see buying trends, and um, they would be crazy not to jump in that into the lake. Sure. Um, yeah. And, you know, this is exactly it. You know, what you said, John, and you said it earlier, I think maybe off camera, you said it's the omni-channel approach, mm-hmm. right? Expand on that a little bit, because I think we're seeing it when I was talking about IMBD, right? They're creating content now, whereas their model used to be something else. Who is this Thule Who's, you know, what is Redbox? We used to go up to the little Redbox spot, but guess what? You know, we don't want to get a, 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 you know, bring COVID home because we're tapping on stuff, right? I was reading, um, I was talking with a friend of mine yesterday. He says he hadn't played poker in a while because the casinos, mm-hmm. they were like, uh-uh, we're not doing all that, you know, card touching stuff. 
And he was like, man, I like to play poker. <laughs> right. So um, because he wasn't playing now, you, you can understand that online poker, that omni channel. Right. The casinos could just, you know, open up and says, hey, we, we just do it online, have their same the, you know, visual of the dealer dealing and all that, all kinds of stuff that then are, is created, spun up, if you will, because that's a new approach. And then when they go, hey, wait a minute, this is working pretty good. Like our restaurant uh, example, this is working pretty good. Let's stay here. Right. And then at what point do people get tired of that? When, you know, everyone else is kind of serving and, and, and going out there and doing some good stuff and you still are in war footing, right? Or you're still maintaining that same approach, right? Because the business model worked during this particular time and a little bit after because people were still scared. But when it all the way opens up, what then, right? I'm trying to, I had promised myself that I wouldn't take a vacation in 2021. I would just put my head down and work. And I wanted the the world to be totally open when I went back out. So 2022, I'm looking at places to go because that's when I can, you know, I'll, I'll feel comfortable though. I think the world will be open up and you're starting to see that, but I want to go to the place, man, that is still had, that still has some assurances, right? I still want to see people like, you know, spraying down stuff. You know what I mean? And I, and I want, I don't want limitations. A lot of places are going, hey, you don't have to, you know, quarantine now when you come in our country and all that kind of stuff if you're fully vaccinated. But then just the other day, um, I think it was Pfizer came out and says, oh, yeah, by the way, we're seeing some breakdown in our um, uh, vaccination coverage. Now, you kind of know the game, right? That no, Once you start something, you know, organism and, and organization wants to survive. So you open this up, you know, every year somebody's the big companies are going to say, oh, by the way, you got to get a booster. That's, that's I think, that's yeah, the, that's, that's inevitable. The, that's kind of the game. Right. But don't scare. Now that scares me. It's like, oh, man, you know, I, man, I took all that that I had a, a couple of side effects afterwards. Right. I was like, wait a minute. You know, not just the injection um, site pain. Right. I, I had some other little things going on. Right. So now they're telling me, oh, my gosh, you're going to have to you're going to have to get a booster. You're going to have to do this. I'm like, man, that stinks. I guess I'm not covered. Right. And then you hear about people getting it, even though they are, they're they're uh, vaccinated. Will the world ever open up because we got the same kinds of fear or a new something comes in? Right. Then you don't, do you believe it? Is it hype? Is it somebody, you know, some machine over there? The drug companies have a machine, you know, scaring people, a propaganda machine to scaring the folks. I don't know, John, I, I'm, I'm so confused sometimes. Especially with, <laughs> right? So, so, okay, let's get back on it. Companies, are you coming off your war footing, right? Can you take advantage of those that are still so scared Right. That are still just kind of, you know, um, you know, putting their putting their stuff out there in a minimalist way. Or are you so used to treating your customers this way and they're taking it that you've decided to go ahead and continue it? That becomes the big question. So, John, did you want to share a couple other things that you're noticing before we wrap it up? What else is going on out there, man? What else should we be, you know, demanding of these, these this company's new approach? Yeah, I think there's so many there's so many things that that are changing so rapidly that it extends outside of business, outside of commerce. It, I mean, we're looking at transportation. Um, retailers are experimenting with drones so what does that mean for delivery type services Mm -hmm. um education is changing uh now and you know and you always you've we've had for 20 years plus years we've had online education but Mm -hmm. now than more ever for you know than more than ever you are going to see a competition like no other between these online education 
systems and public schools and private schools, parochial schools. And I think there's going to be something's going to have, you know, come to head there. Um, and I think that if we're not thinking about these things in society and we're not asking ourselves these questions and the impact that they pose, then we're going to find ourselves in a position where we're not prepared. We're scrambled as business wow. owners. Yeah. Um, if we depend on these types of services and, and that's any service to continue the way that they've always continued. I think strategic plans are going to be shorter. You're going to see strategic plans that are, they're very small in scope mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that have an ability to pivot um, if, if necessary. Yeah. And that's what and, we talked about last week, right? Adaptability. How adaptable yep, is yep. your business? Yep. So, so many things. And if you're not doing this, um, you're, I, you're, you're setting your business up to fail. Yeah. You're, yeah, uh, this is, that. yeah, this is, uh, this is the new way of doing things of anything. I mean, now from going to the doctor's office, Think about this. Everybody complained 20 years ago when we went to call centers. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. When we mm-hmm. went from these these customer service lines that were in-house and whatnot to mass call centers overseas, lots and lots of complaints. Um, people, people were upset. Well, now we're going to see that that's not necessary anymore. Because I can go on my phone to my mobile app and get a hold of somebody. I can place a prescription order. I can reserve a haircut time. You know, I can order a pizza. I can, I can do anything. I mean, not anything, not the things I can't get my car fixed. <laughs> so those things will continue um, to be, but I think technology is going to even change in, in, in the way that we look at that as well. Uh-huh. Uh, what does that look like? I, I don't know. I, I don't honestly know. But, but I think if you're naive and you think that things won't progress and won't progress rapidly, they are going to progress rapidly. Uh-huh. Um, it's already started. We've, we've, this past year and a half, we've moved so far ahead into the future. This is only, this is, this is the jump start. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're not ready for flying cars and, and, you know, and, uh, you know, drones and, and people list, you know, cars or transportation or different things like that, you're in for a rude awakening. Yeah. Uh, you know, schools, schools, like I said, education is going to struggle if, the things, the thing, the way that we know life in the past um, is going to change. And if we don't change with it, then our businesses are going to suffer drastically. Yeah, and makes- hey, this is an opportunity. You see, a lot of people see these things as negatives. I see them as opportunities mm-hmm. because if, if you have foresight and you can see where things are going you can pivot faster you don't want to be the last person changing on the block right you you don't want to be the last person to get the tool that everybody else has you know six months before you um it's like the last the last business changing you don't want to be that right because you know what you're not going to be around or you're not going to have customers even school systems, it's so funny that you say that. I saw they've got this one school system uh, um, that has a billboard here in Grand Rapids. And it's so funny. It has a backpack. I think it's a backpack. And then it has, a, uh, you know, one of the circles with a, with a, with a thing going through it. And it's like, um, basically, you don't have to come in anymore. <laughs> right? And it was like, uh, oh, I got you know, back to school never, or something like that, right? Or back in school, I can't, you know, remember exactly, but it's like never. And then it's like, you know, something such in virtual net, 
net high school. Or, um, uh, and I thought, man, if this was available when I was coming up, man, I would have been, you know, some, come on, sometimes, you know, high school isn't a great experience for people right there, you know, getting bullied or, you know, if you're in a, a, a you know, let's say a gang area, you got to take all these different, and I just look at all the different possibilities, right? It's like, wait a minute, I can stay at the house, get my high school education and, and go on from there. But then what I'm also finding is that because of this technological part of that, people are becoming very, very skilled, right? So now will colleges be affected? Because guess what? While in school, you get kind of indoctrinated. Let's just be honest, right? You know, some of the stuff, hey, where are you going to college, right? You have the, you know, the counselors talking about that. Well, hey, I'm not at school anymore. So you can't indoctrinate me, <laughs> you know, you can't get me into that uh, from high school to college pipeline. It may go high school to whatever I'm going to do to make some money or because I have time now, don't have to go in school, don't have to commute, don't have to deal with the blah, 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 from you know, the, all that. I got time to think about other things, you know, and that could exacerbate the, the fact that you don't have workers in the same way right? Coming into stuff because they're used to going into things. Oh man, there's so many different possibilities on both sides, everyone. If you are noticing that you just can't do business the way you, you used to, that means calling somebody up, getting their resume, looking at it, going, okay, come in versus, hey, we see your resume. Can you start tomorrow? But you get to stay home. If you haven't adjusted and adapted that way, you're already out of business. Right. If you don't have the work today, pay tomorrow mentality, <laughs> then you might already be out of business. So we, we don't want you going out of business. And that's why we have come together and have mastermind, uh, masterminded on this particular topic. We hope that you guys got some value out of it. Again, as we say, always call us up if you want us to go into some strategies you know, that you, that we can help you think about as you, uh, um, you know, adjust and adapt to your new approach. We do this stuff. We eat this stuff for breakfast all the time. John and I, as we're running our own companies together, as we run our own company separately, uh, and as we do our teaching and consulting, we come across a ton of different models and, and different struggles. And then we come in and just mastermind on them and says, okay, if we need to solve this, this is what we would do. So you can always give us a call, DM us, and we will come to your company and help you solve some stuff. So John, thank you again for coming in, man, and uh, taking this time to mastermind with the world, if you will. I know they've gotten value. I get value every time we get together. I, I actually miss when we don't get together like this, right? And don't have a chance. Um, so again, thank you, sir. I appreciate you. Yeah, thank you, Randy. This is this is always fun. All right, everyone. We will see you on the next week. Check out some of our other videos. We've been doing a whole lot of stuff. And I think you'll enjoy some of the things that you've we've done uh, um, before. Check them out. And if you ever need to reach out to us, go ahead and do that. And we'll talk soon.